This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm not Brandon anymore. Official new name change. I am the Broiler Room Brawler. So um, it's just one brawler, not many brawlers, yeah, because the, uh, yeah, the, grammar the, the character limit. Screw you there. How, yeah. how many great FPL team names have been ruined by the 20 character limit? It's there are probably just some genius names out there that, that will never come to be. It's like all the tweets that were ruined by the 140 character limit that are now salvaged by the new 280 character limit. Oh, trust me. When, when Twitter extended the character count, I went back into my drafts and I <laughs> unleashed... About 200, 200 tweets. <laughs> a torrent of tweets. No, but uh, special thanks to Utterly Tom Campbell, who responded to our um, League Cup call for new Brandon team names. And Tom Campbell came through with the Broiler Room Brawlers. I, I guess this is just going to be a regular thing where I let the always cheating listeners rename my team because, hey, I don't care. I thought the Me Sharps was pretty good, too. That was. That oh, was a, yes. I would have picked that it, one, I think. We were wondering if that was specifically a Simpsons reference uh, mm-hmm. to the, the B-sharps. Right, the barbershop band that Homer starts. It's yeah. good either way. You know, maybe he was just a classical music fan or something, but, you know, it works uh, solid either way. Yeah, and, and, and the B-sharps came from John Goulding on Twitter. So it's it raises an interesting question. A lot of responses to my call for my new team name were all pun-based. And I think you and I tend to gravitate toward non-pun names, but we have to face the fact that it is, it's pun teen names are the way that, that generally people go. <laughs> it's the engine that drives the fantasy Premier League game. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It truly is. Without I mean, puns, I, there is no game. I've had some very good pun team names over the years, though. Bakary Lasagna. Uh, Probably my favorite. Yep. Yep. Uh, RVPYT. I thought that was a pretty good one, too. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Yeah, yep. I and mean, you were always BK Broilers. You're in and you out. You refused to play the game. Yeah, so I kind of still have one foot in with that name now that I'm the Broiler Room Brawler. <laughs> it's true. 
So I feel like we're in, I love a good metaphor, right, Josh? You know mm-hmm. this, all the listeners know this. So basically what we've done is we've turned in our test, but we don't know what grade we got for game week 28. There's still right. one match to go. City Arsenal, it's a, it's a repeat of the League Cup fixture that we just watched. So mm-hmm. um, we really don't know what our final scores are. And given right. these are two powerhouse teams, we don't really yeah. know what to expect. But if you thought that we were going to take the traffic hit that comes from releasing the Thursday night podcast, you are sadly mistaken. You are barking at the wrong podcast. Yeah, no, we're we're getting a week's worth of uh, <laughs> worth of traffic here. That's right. no doubt about it. I mean, do you, okay. So, do you have any predictions of how this match is going to go? For, the first prediction is: is this match even going to come off? Now, all the meteorologists of the FPL world are coming out predicting huge snowstorms that right. could delay right. this match on Thursday. So we'll see. Let's assume the match is played. Uh, if it is played, um, it's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, you know, Arsenal was so comprehensively dominated yesterday. Yeah, we actually watched that game together with our friend Trevor, um, and it was. I mean, it was such a slaughter. I think I le- I actually left at like the eighty fifth minute. I was like, okay, that's that's enough. <laughs> I've seen later. you. I've seen you bounce out of a bar because your FPL team is in tatters, and you're like, I've had enough. I'm going. But you were so. You had no FPL stakes with the League Cup, but you were still so disgusted by Arsenal's display that you left. As, it's true. As if you had, as if you had not captained Aguero. It was. It was a then. It was a combination of that and, and shirking some baby duties, and I had to. Uh, <laughs> sure. I had to run back home to to redeem myself a little bit. Uh, but no, it was it was an interesting match. I, I can't imagine that Arsenal will will play that much better at home. Although they have played reasonably well at home this season, uh, they didn't have Mkhitary, and I'm not sure if that. Um, would have made any difference at all. I, I mean, the thing was they had no midfield in that game, so um, yeah, Ozil didn't show up have, predictably. Yeah, yeah, you know, Aubameyang maybe he could have done a little more with the chances he had, but I mean, the things that you would have wanted him to do would be like volley it, you know, like first time on a, you know, after a forty yard pass or something like that. It wasn't like it wasn't like he had these amazing breakaway chances. You know, he had maybe one chance where he he um, took maybe a bad touch, but. Uh, um, I don't think about me acquitted himself too poorly in that game. It was really just about uh, uh, Man City really dominating the, dominating the match. Comprehensive. Kyle Walker had a great game. Well, you could argue it the other way that Arsenal just – that City didn't play at their best and Arsenal just didn't show up and allowed City to sort of sleepwalk to right. the end. And if you want more thoughts, you're going to have to listen to our Care About Cup podcast, our daily podcast about the Care About Cup. It's amazing that we've done a year's worth of Carabao Cup uh, podcast episodes, Brendan. We never talk about it on this podcast. It's uh, kind of our secret, isn't it? We don't actually release them. That's the thing. Is we just we do an hour every day on the Carabao Cup, um, and then we just uh, just burn the tape. I mean, the, the fact that we're sponsored by Carabao is, is one thing. <laughs> we really should release that. Just yeah, as, a, as a tribute, you know. Just uh, we are getting paid for that. That's true. So, okay, so how are we doing in game week uh, 28, such as it yeah. is? It's, it's are you a feeling weird good about where you are? Are you feeling, feeling set up? I don't know. I, I don't feel good or bad, really. Um, I'm on 45 points. I've got two players left to play, uh, possibly one if Sterling doesn't play. Um, I have Mkhitaryan and Sterling in my squad. Um, so I, I made a good transfer, I, I think, um, which is I dropped uh, Aguero for Firmino. Uh, it was it was a move I was planning to make eventually anyway, and I just felt like there was at least a chance that that uh, Jesus starts on Thursday, and um, 
Firmino's ownership was creeping dangerously high. You know, I think he crossed yeah. 40, 40% over the weekend or going into the weekend. Um, and I just didn't want to take the risk of him doing anything really good with these two really good back to back home fixers, right? They played uh, West Ham um, on Saturday and then they play uh, Newcastle in the coming weekend. And I just thought, you know, I can't. I can't miss out on some on some big hauls from Firmino, and so yeah. uh, you know, in the end, I picked up eight points that helped me. You know, I, I captain Salah, um, I have Kane, and nobody else did anything, right? I mean, I guess I got four points from De Gea, I got zero from Fernandez on uh, on absolute Swansea. clean sheet bloodbath this yeah, weekend. Truly, uh, truly. Uh, and- <laughs> One point from Alonzo, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll get to it when we talk to my team, but I think Burnley might have been the biggest clean sheet stinger of them all for a lot of managers out there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Ben Chilwell, I got two. Ward Press, I got two. Uh, Callum Wilson, who just, you know, hugely disappointing transfer. Uh, Three amazing fixtures and three straight blanks from him. Uh, Taken off, I think, in the 72nd minute. So, um, you know, so but the thing is, no one else really is blowing up either. You know, it wasn't like there was... You know this. I guess Erickson had six points. I mean, there, there was really well, no. Sha- Shakiri is the one Shaqiri, that really stands right. out. He's the sure. one that definitely is propelling managers to the. Those are the biggest green arrows. I think mm-hmm. he's the differential at the moment. That's true. In the one in one of my head to heads, I'm playing a uh, someone who has Shakiri, and that's kind of the only difference. Is that's just a little five point cushion. So, you know, Mkhitaryan's going to score like eighteen points on Thursday. So. You know, it's, it's a given. It's a given. Exactly. <laughs> it's a, a perfect hat trick for Mkhitaryan. Yeah. So I'm two points better than you are. Similar in the defense. I transferred out Alonzo and upgraded, upgraded such as it is to uh, Virgil van Dyke. And that's two points. So that's a one point swing. A huge <laughs> victory for me. Sure. Sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, they um, a meaningless goal that West Ham scores by Antonio, the forgotten FPL man. It was a nice, it was a nicely taken goal. Not a, I mean, maybe a mistake was made by Liverpool in the midfield there, but I, I don't really fault the usual suspects in the Liverpool back line for that. So I'm not not entirely discouraged by Van Dyke's two pointer. Uh, but yeah, armband on Salah, just like you. Again, we see that uh, Mohamed Salah, as much as we can praise him, and he is um, the FPL hero this season, just terrible with BPS. A goal and an assist, and Firmino just blows right by him on BPS when he puts in his no-look goal. Yeah. Uh, so that that's somewhat disappointing. Yeah. A, and then, a, and then for, for Jack Butlin to pick up, uh, was it two or three bonus points um, in a game where he, you know, he conceded an own goal that, that cost his team two points— um, yeah, he he came away with all three bonus points, and, three, and one yeah. of the most ridiculous goalkeeper howlers you'll see all season. Yeah, and I, I know that it's you know the statistics can't you know they can't sort out the impact uh, of an error you know, but it does seem like it does seem like a known goal should maybe cost you a lot, like enough that you maybe don't get. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> dunk on, dunk owners out there didn't walk away with any bonus points. That's true. That's true. Uh, we actually had a question here from Jeremiah Johnson. He says, the own goal specialist dunk, have we ever seen the likes of him? I mean, we've certainly seen some some amazing own goals over the years. I mean, John Terry has scored some some excellent own yeah, goals. Yeah, wasn't Martin Skirtle was kind of an uh, own, own goal, goal maestro specialist as well? for a while. Yeah, I think yeah. he was. Dunk st- strikes a nerve because he kind of plays for a nondescript kind of crummy team. 
Mm-hmm. So you, you bring Duncan just to sort of shore up your back line to get two points here, maybe a clean sheet. And, you know, guys with like uh, John Terry and Martin Skirtle all had goals in them and playing for relatively decent teams or sometimes title winning teams. Dunk is he's got nothing else going for him <laughs> other than playing for Brighton. The own goal is truly a finger in the eye from him. So I, I feel your pain, Jeremiah. It's a cruel blow. I mean, I mean, four goals. I mean, that has to be in terms of total goals the players on his team have scored. I mean, outside of Glenn Murray and Pascal Gross, it has to be the most <laughs> goals anyone scored on this team this year, right? Well, that's uh, what I'm that's, thinking that's with Jack tough. Butlin. Did did FPL accidentally register his own goal as as a goal as a as Maybe a positive goal? That may have been what it was. Yeah, exactly. We've we cracked the code. This is like yeah. this is turning into a an Oliver Stone movie all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the weird thing about that that Stoke Lester game was no one played well, right? And so there was just no there was just nowhere to put the bonus points. It was, just, it was such a <laughs> such a crummy game to start the day. Yep. I watched all yep. ninety minutes of that. It was like yeah, the only game that was worse actually was Everton Watford, which also was it. It was like the the day was bookended by two truly terrible fixtures. Yeah, I mean, Theo Walcott, we can talk about him, but... <laughs> a Callum Wilson-level troll. Theo yeah, Walcott. there's not much to be done about Theo. You just kind of have to, if you have him, <laughs> you have no choice but to hold on to him. But yeah. I was I was fairly upbeat about Theo Walcott last week, despite you the were. evidence. Yeah, yeah, you felt, you were, you were doing like, almost, you, like you were like, I, I was surprised how happy you still were with Walcott. Yeah. Well, after this Watford game, it, is, it was not encouraging at all. <laughs> but uh, like I said, you, you got to stay the course with him through 31. We made this move for a reason. Sure. Just keep your fingers crossed. Stay that the course. Off. Get a thousand points of light. Um, all right. So <laughs> let's let's get into the podcast. Uh, just a, a brief note. We uh, started a uh, we started we created a, a new Patreon uh, exclusive podcast uh, that we released uh, midway through last week. It's uh, it was an Ask Us Anything uh, podcast, and um, just wanted to um, uh, thank everyone who uh, gave us feedback and who contributed questions. And um, if you would like to uh, become a Patreon supporter, uh, just uh, hop online and uh, um, and uh, visit patreon.com. <laughs> hop online, so go to the go to the internet if you surf the internet super highway. If you have access to the internet, uh, then 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 do so. Log on to the internet. Uh, and uh, and visit patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, just a quick note, a thank you to uh, Vegard Orr, Thomas Joy, and Mark Bassoni, uh, all of whom uh, were new pledges last week, all of whom pledged after the podcast went up. So uh, big thank you to you guys, and uh, thanks to everyone who is a Patreon supporter. Yeah, I, I dropped some major coinage at the post office today, sending out some international <laughs> uh, button packages. So that, that's true. Anyone, yeah, anyone who paid at the five dollar level uh, during our December pledge drive and afterward, um, your buttons are in the mail for sh- for sure this time. I have receipts. <laughs> um, yeah, excellent. So. Um, Follow up with us in about, I don't know, how long does it take to get there? Like three weeks, four weeks? I don't know. Uh, don't know. You know, the steam train that goes underneath the Atlantic Ocean, yeah. it, it takes a while. Wait till the end of the season anyway. Uh, no rants this week, but I will list the uh, Always Treating Super League top 10 uh, as of right now. Uh, always nice to give people a shout out, even if it's not um, totally uh, totally finalized for the game week. So uh, in 10th place, two girls, one schlup, Andrew Ferguson. Ninth place, the one that matas, Dave Lamb. Uh, eighth place, it's our boy, your boy, Brandon D Boy United. Yeah. Uh, back the in the top boy. ten. 
Benk and Balakub, Eric Peterson in seventh. Um, Didger Ghetto, uh, Georgi Bosnarov in sixth. Sorry, uh, Georgie. Huge, 71 point uh, well done. score. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, heating Up, Aaron Matheson. I like that. It's a good, nice, simple team name, Brandon. It's clean, nice and clean. Um, yeah, nice pun. H-E-A-T-O-N. Uh, for Fukusake, uh, you Blunt, uh, Joe Stone in fourth, Gamchester United, Graham McDonald in third, uh, Crazy Coutinho, Proctor Battel in second, and team name, Jamal Rice is in first. So uh, thank you. Uh, thanks for joining the league, guys, and thank you for doing <laughs> so much better than me this season. <laughs> Thanks for being the best of the best. Always cheating Super League is the best league in the world. And a shout out to Jamal Rice just on our team name discussion. Postmodern team names. Don't see enough of these. That's true. So Jamal Rice with team name as his team name. Well played to you, sir. All right, Brandon. So let's get right into uh, Game Week 29 preview. Uh, There has been so much Game Week 31 talk that um, it's almost like people forget I made you are. promise me, Josh, that we wouldn't have yeah. to talk about Game Week 31 at all. Yeah. This is like, this is the week when, when fantasy really like, when FPL really hits like grad school level. Uh, it's like a lot of study. A lot of people have really, ta- it's it's like the, the chips combined with the, all the double game weeks been announced. There's just a lot of, a lot of deep thinking and like it can get a little head spinning at times. Um, but there are 10, there are 10 game weeks left. I mean, that, that, that is a milestone right there to be that's true. 10 that's game true. weeks away from, away from home. It's, it's true. big. It feels like this is truly home stretch territory. Final quarter. That's true. Uh, but let's, let's focus on, uh, what's right in front of us. We will talk about game week 31 a little bit in the lightning round, uh, but game week 29, uh, let's, let's take a quick break and then let's preview it, Brandon. Cool. Same old podcast, always cheating. All right, Joshua, we're back, and we're going to talk about Game Week 29, and we're starting off with a barn burner. If there wasn't enough action for you this past Saturday, just wait until you get a load of Burnley hosting Everton. I know. I, did, this, I didn't <laughs> even hear your Burnley rant earlier, so let's let's hear it. Oh, right. Let's hear the, the Burnley heartbreak. Well, the Burnley heartbreak is such that I mean, they they were the budget clean sheet for pretty much the entire first half of the season, or at least the third, first third of the season. And a lot of us out there just sort of clung to Ben Mee or, or Pope just because there were no other options. Mm-hmm. Finally, we thought that our, our faith was going to be repaid. Um, Very nice wait, who, fixtures. Yeah, who the who the heck were they playing? Uh, they're uh, they're playing Southampton. <laughs> Southampton, and of course the the total forgotten man Manolo Gabbiadini comes on and scores a very nice goal, but at at the ninetieth minute and. When every other clean sheet was totally wiped out, it felt like a true gift to get for me a Ben Me clean sheet, and it was gone, poof, like that. I mean, I I actually. True confession time, Josh. Mm-hmm. You, you know my you, uh, you no, know you my, what my it. rule is about. Yeah, my rule is uh, never load your clean sheet points until the final whistle is blown. Now, yes. this is this is frustrating for a lot of managers because it means you can't fully check what your real time score is on the FPL page because to do so, you'd load your clean sheet points. <laughs> right. I find that that more often than not, if I load clean sheet points before the ninetieth minute, they well, they they get taken away. And that's clearly mental because um, I only remember the times where they are taken away because there's nothing more depressing than seeing your points go down and not up. <laughs> right, sure. 
So yeah, true confession. I broke my rule. I loaded my Burnley clean sheet. I thought it was. I thought it was done. Deal. Done and dusted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a done deal. And, and you know, there it is. the The curse is real. So, what do you think? Early morning Saturday fixture. Do they do they keep a clean sheet at home to Everton? Funny little Everton team. It is a funny Everton team. They. The that that game again, that they played against Arsenal, in which they looked truly, truly woeful. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a blip. It wasn't a fluke. They yeah. are they're they, really a, a strange, off the wall uh, cluster mess <laughs> of a team. They followed it up with a decent home fixture, though. You know, they, I think they, I think they, it was a three one win over Crystal Palace, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Like they looked, they looked okay. They looked, they looked, there was some balance in the attack and. Yeah, God, but yeah, they could have looked worse at Wofford. So what happens with Everton against Burnley? I mean, I'd be stupid to say I had any sort of idea. Really stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one one would think. I mean, there's Everton still on the road. Burnley is, you know, despite what we were just saying, fairly good, fairly solid defensive team. It will be tough for Everton to score, but you have to believe that Everton are due a goal and that they will score. <laughs> I kind of feel the same thinking, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I you know, in terms of who who's going to do the scoring, it seems like it's been really spread out. I mean, you know, Ornias was looking like a possible game week 31 striker option and then he gets taken off in the 57th minute and don't just clearly doesn't look like he's earned Allardyce's trust. Uh, so you can't really rely on him. Uh, you know, Gilby well, Simmons I mean, has he not in- earned his trust? If if Allardyce is going to come out in the media and say Sanctosin isn't going to start for Everton until we're we're safe from the drop zone, he's just got so many and they players. have no other. Yeah, he, he's also and he's also said Calvert Lewin is not my guy. The only guy that's left is Omar Nias, and if Wayne Rimpig, Brandon. He's going to move him back up into the striker position. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's going to play a strikerless formation. Uh, it doesn't seem like he trusts any of his strikers. Play I just, Theo up front. Maybe play Theo up front. I mean, you, you certainly could. He always wanted to when he was at Arsenal. You know, he always he was yeah, always through the middle. Him. Yep, exactly. He was, and th- this is what I noticed against Watford. I mean, he's his role in this Everton formation is to play out wide, but he was so wide. Yeah, he just couldn't get involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, this whole Everton team, it's, it's actually scaring me a little bit. I, I had this plan to – one of the reasons I heard it for me now is I decided instead of – I think I want to keep Mkhitaryan um, for Arsenal's good fixtures and just and just throw him on the bench and give me – it's kind of a strategy that I'm, I'm pursuing partially because I don't have a wild card left. Um, and I was going to move Ward-Prowse into an Everton – um, into an Everton midfielder. But now I'm like, God, do I want to invest in any of those midfielders? <laughs> you know, like it's just hard to be excited yeah. about any of the options. Um, so, it, yeah, it's a yeah. tough one. You have to – okay, so I don't want to get into Game Week 31 and the whole business, but you've got to pick some people to play in Game Week 31. Sure. And but slim picking such as some, they are. Yeah, but because I'm, I'm planning to drop Alonzo eventually anyway, maybe, maybe it's Alonzo out – and then I free up enough money where I can just go WordPress all the way to money. You know, maybe maybe that's the better move. Yeah, I don't know. It's well, a tough one. I mean, Mane looked up to his old tricks uh, on the weekend against West Ham. He was blowing clear chances <laughs> and didn't didn't really yeah. look on him. He finally got his goal, and I mean, I was rooting for him to get that goal despite not owning him and knowing he's a differential for a lot of people. So, yeah, coming out of that West Ham fixture, I don't really know how to feel about Mane. It's clear that he 
has the ability to score those goals. I'm just yeah. not sold on his form just yet. And all right, well, let's say that you can, you can, you don't have to burn a transfer. You could just save two this week, and you could you could just bring in. Would you rather have Mane, uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson, or Theo Walcott? Just straight up, money, but money being no object. Uh, regardless of fixture, or if we're looking just at game week twenty nine, looking uh, j- uh, game week thirty one, I suppose. So looking, you know, I know, I know, we didn't, we said we were going to talk about game week thirty one too much, but you know, certainly the transfers I'm making right now are with an eye towards game week thirty one. So would you, you know, you'd rather have Mane, right? I mean, all things being equal, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I can't really argue with that. I mean, they're they're the best attacking team perhaps in the league, regardless of these blanks that are happening. I mean, there's 100% no doubt that Liverpool are the attacking team to have in 31. Maybe you just bring in Aaron Moy, Brandon. Just one, <laughs> one Aaron Moy is worth Walcott, Sigurdsson, and Mane combined. Anything else I want to say about this fixture? I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, you know, I think that um, it looks like, by the way, Heaton's still not... Um, He's not going to be ready for at least uh, two or three more fixtures. It sounds like uh, based on based on what he's still uh, heating up. Yeah, exactly. Based on the word that came out of the camp. Um, Here's what I'll say about Burnley Everton. This is the perfect. This is the perfect match to play both Ben Mee and Theo Walcott. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> I will not be sour doing so. Yeah, I'll predict a, a one-one game. This seems like a real one-one type type fixture. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that's generally, generally how I feel. Leicester Bournemouth. Now this game is not a one-one. This is like a three-two or something. Who? What? What, what do you think about Leicester Bournemouth? I mean, okay, first of all, did you get the like the rush for Mares that 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 happened like in the lead up to game week twenty-eight? It was like. It yeah, was crazy. based on an FA Cup performance. Pe- now yeah. I don't. It, it's. It, I don't want to come off as a uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. I don't say I didn't warn you. We did warn people, I, Brandon, on the last podcast. <laughs> we were warning people <laughs> nonstop. Um, Maras is a great player. We all know this. Um, you know, but I. I wasn't ready for that. And Leicester coming off of a dismal performance. Yeah, I mean, it was against Man City, but uh, I wasn't ready to make that move. Mares looked like he was playing just by himself out there on that Leicester team. It was it was a really interesting game to watch because, you know, all the players were there, right? Like Jamie Vardy was was there. Yep. Uh Albrighton was there, Mares was there, but they were all playing their own game. Yeah. And I think you know it's possible Lester, I think you know Mares may have lost an assist. Uh if if that Albrighton goal was if, if the Albrighton ball was actually on target. Uh, then I think that would have been a Mara's assist on that goal. So may- he might have got screwed. Maybe. I, I think there are a lot of Jamie Vardy owners that are lamenting the fact that Vardy didn't get a touch <laughs> yeah, on sure, that. Sure. So, um, But, yeah, uh, and Mara's looked like he was trying, but this Leicester team are seem like they're in pretty poor form, and I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not ready to invest. The Bournemouth's defense kind of stinks. I would, yeah, Bournemouth's defense does stink. <laughs> it really stinks. Uh, I would love to have a Leicester player for this. I actually do have a Leicester player for this game. I forgot. I have uh, Ben Chilwell. So um, I'll be starting Chilwell and Callum Wilson in this game. Um, I well, it's like me with Ben, me, and Theo Walcott. Yeah, and the, the Chilwell thing was like, it was such a trap. This is like, it's a classic fantasy trap that all of us fall into, which is, oh, look, there's a player on a team that's decent, 
uh, and he's super cheap and he's starting like, why don't you know, like bring him in on your wild card. And, you know, like the lesser defense is bad. I knew it was bad. You know, like I knew when I was bringing him in that it was bad, but he was 4.3 million. I just couldn't resist, you know, like the, the yeah. price was so good. Um, but like, I don't ever feel like I'm going to get a clean sheet out of Lester. Like that goal they conceded was ludicrous. Like it, it was just, it was so easy. They just like stopped playing for 40 seconds and suddenly Shakiri was just like unmarked. He had a free run on goal. Yeah. yeah it was ridiculous. So, um, I definitely see, uh, Lester conceding in this game. I think, uh, I could see them winning. Um, I, you know, I, I, like I could see this being like a three, two Lester win or something like that. Sure, yeah. Despite what I was just saying about Mares, I think you'd agree with this based on what you said. Uh, you'd be pretty happy having Mares going into this Bournemouth game. Yeah, would you captain Mares? No. Would you captain Vardy if you had him? Mm, no. Yeah, if, if, Liverpool, no. if Liverpool weren't playing Newcastle and... and uh, uh, Spurs, Spurs had Huddersfield, Spurs in which like, Huddersfield. they, they yeah. completely steamrolled Huddersfield yeah. last time they played yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there are, there are just better options out there. I mean, worth a, worth a punt, but um, I mean, Bournemouth are you know they have a leaky defense. There you kind of don't know which kind of team is going to show up, but they're a well managed, somewhat talented team. I feel like this is going to be a fun, interesting match, yeah. and I wouldn't want to bet any money on it. I, meaning yeah. I wouldn't want to armband it. I would like to. I I, I am like I want to watch this match for sure. Like I'm I'm hoping to. This is going to be on one of my one of the screens at home. It's going to be on your to do list. Watch Lester Bournemouth <laughs> match. Exactly. Um, all right. So Southampton. Well, we actually have a we have a we have a question regarding uh, Bournemouth yes. though from FPL Sniper who says uh, raising the specter of Jermaine Defoe, Josh. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. this has um, impacts in Colin Wilson. FPL Sniper says dip in form and Defoe threat for rotation is Wilson worth holding despite fixtures and a game week thirty one. And uh, I think we're going to talk about this a little later on. FPL snipers asking if we're looking at anyone else in that price range as a yeah. replacement. Are we talking about replacements for Callum Wilson already? It's, it's just like you with Theo Walcott. You know, if you've got Callum Wilson, you just you just hold him. Um, yeah, you know, I, it's uh-huh. what, what am I going to? I can't drop him now. Um, so no, yeah, and Lester Defoe can't be a huge threat for Wilson. I mean, he's yeah. he's. Yeah, he's back from injury, but nobody was counting on Jermaine Defoe at any point during Bournemouth's season so far. Uh, I I don't know that Eddie Howe would, even though there was a bit of a a, a brief scoring drought for Callum Wilson. Yeah, and it has, I don't think Eddie Howe's going to turn his attention to Defoe all of a sudden. No, Defoe is you know like thirty seven years old or something. I mean, I, you know they got to he's got to got to they got to manage his minutes carefully. Uh, all right, Southampton Stoke. Uh, I have two Southampton players, and I, I think they're both going to get a start this game week. Well, they would. I mean, uh, you know, Shakiri being in great goal-scoring form, but Stoke are still Stoke. Mm-hmm. Ja- um, James Ward-Prowse, who I'm excited to start, and I have Cedric, who I've been excited to bench the last few game weeks. Uh, but uh, I think the master of the terrible, aimless cross, I know. Cedric Suarez. So he, he got down to 4.7, and so I... You know, brought, he was another wild card by, you know, with Southampton, such, such a good run of fixtures. And um, that defense is just it's just not very good. And I I really should be better. I actually don't totally understand why their defense isn't better, because um, Cedric is a pretty decent. I mean, both their fullbacks are decent. Um, their center backs are pretty solid. Um, it's Yeah, they're solid. But yeah. I think that uh, like what Wesley Ho- Hoot and um, 
or Hote, yeah. sorry for the pronunciation, and Jack Stevens. Is that right? Yeah. Did I get those names you did, right? But they're not. They're yeah. Sorry, go ahead. They're they're. I mean, throw Yoshida into the mix, uh, who is a little more experienced. But those guys, like Hote and Stevens, are relatively young. At least Hote is to the league. And they're going to make mistakes. They're not like a, yeah. a, a a stone wall that can't be penetrated. Yeah, I just I'm surprised that they're so bad. I mean, I agree with what you're saying, but they're they're much worse than they should be. I mean, they have Oriol Romeo as a defensive midfielder too, and he's you know a pretty decent player. So I don't know. It's just I I would have thought they would have had a, a run where they kept a couple of clean sheets, and um, it just hasn't sure. really happened for them. So maybe it starts this game week. Um, yeah, still not a huge believer in Stoke, despite the. Uh, uh, just you know, despite their 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 points, despite Paul Lambert, yeah, exactly. Uh, Dave Wagner Little had a question. Said, "Am I am I taking? Don't worry about game week thirty one too far. If I upgrade Chopamoting to Arnie, um, who does have a game week thirty one blank, uh, having Chopamoting is like having a blank anyway, right? It's like, <laughs> well, I would be upgrading Chopamoting to Shakiri there. That that to me is the move, Dave." Assuming, I mean, does does Dave already? I can actually look up Dave's team because uh, he's in one of our other mini leagues, and and I think to to properly answer the man's question, no, he does he doesn't have Shakiri, so that's the move. I would think so too. I'm surprised that he isn't he isn't thinking about that. That's that's the move I would make. The other move um, that I like in that price range, uh, assuming that he's you know back to full health, is uh, Aaron Moy. Um, who I, ju- I just really like Huddersfield's run of fixtures, and they have a, you know, you know they have a fixture in game week thirty one, um, and he's available for I think super cheap right now. I think he's down to like five point three million or something. So, um, and you, and you don't option. get to say this very often, but Huddersfield are actually in good form. I know, I know <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, excellent. Um, all right. So, anything else? I mean, do we need to say anything about Southampton Stoke? I I think Southampton maybe actually win this game, but I, I don't see it being a particularly exciting match. I've been told, Josh, that prediction is the lowest form of journalism, so I will abstain. Okay. Uh, Spurs, Huddersfield. And now we now we sort of begin the game week's big question, which is, who do you captain in game week 29, Harry Kane or Mohamed Salah? <laughs> Here is the point in which my stomach starts hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a tough one. I'm feeling Kane in this one. I mean, this is... It, it, Okay, you could say look at it on paper, and if you look at it on paper, every time Salah is going to win. Right. Uh, so you know the the safe bet is Mo Salah. They're at home at Anfield, where they're virtually indestructible. But look at what Spurs did to Huddersfield. Huddersfield. Um, Spurs just pick these teams apart who don't park the bus. Um, so here's where you have to take your chance with Harry Kane. I think this is the window to captain him and maybe gain some ground yeah. on the the all the Sala owners or the it's Sala captain. Really tough. I I currently have Kane captain on my bus team, uh, but I don't know that I'll be able to resist the Sala. Just the tug because his owner. You know, actually, their ownership is is actually equally high. I mean, Sala's ownership. I mean, Sala's ownership is is insane. It's it's up to almost sixty percent. It's fifty nine point eight percent. I don't know if we've ever seen an ownership go over 60%. I mean, even when Riyad Mahrez was available for $5.5 million, uh, the year that Leicester won the league, I don't know that his ownership ever actually got to 60%. 
Um, and it's quite high. Yeah, and Hurricane's a forty-six percent, which is massively high as well. Um, so I can't. I, I was. I don't know. I actually looked this up over the weekend. I was surprised by how high that ownership was. I thought he was like in the maybe in the high thirties or something. But forty-six. Well, what, what, do we know what the per, what what is the percentage there with like the top? Uh, you know, ten thousand managers ownership came yeah, because yeah, I don't you know. There's a lot candy. of the yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So that's something we <laughs> uh-huh, can look at, uh-huh. and maybe we can we can tweet about it because yeah. you know, Kane is going to be a popular pick with a lot of uh, ghost ghost ships. <laughs> yeah, so that's true. Something to consider. Something to consider. Um, so anyway, we think that they're going to crush them. I guess the um, there is, I guess, a little bit of concern. They do play uh, Juventus on Wednesday following this match. Um, I, I find it very hard to believe that Kane would be would be rested. Um, I really don't want him to play in the FA Cup rematch at midweek. Um, it would be very annoyed if that happens. Um, he might end up doing it, but I, I guess if he played the full 90 or if that went into extra time or something, that might push me towards Salah. Uh, yeah, it's that is one to watch for sure. You, I, I do think Pochettino is not like Arsene Wenger in that he can probably convince uh, his B squad to actually beat Rochdale. Right. So, or Rochdale, however you say it. Um, I think he can actually manage a team that doesn't include Harry Kane to beat them at Wembley. Call me crazy. Uh, So I think there's a chance that Kane doesn't play, but it's important that they, they progress in the FA Cup, just as it's important that they they solidify their position in the top four in the league. I mean, we can't, true. yeah, that's true. Turn, you know, turn our head away they've from that. Dropped they, a lot of points. They have to capitalize yep. on Chelsea dropping those and they've, points. They've dropped sure. a lot of points at home already this year to mediocre yeah. teams. Um, two questions that we have about this match: uh, Giorgio Profiris says, uh, "Son says, what's the move here?" Uh, says good fixers again, but if he's only going to get bench minutes, it's hard to hold on to him. Um, if you had Son, you'd have to be looking to to move him right on to either. I mean, the fixers are good. I don't know. I I, w- I would not be moving Son before the Huddersfield match. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't think Son is a priority. No, I I, I don't think so either. And, and honestly, you know, that away match to Bournemouth is is almost a better match. And you know, I wonder if he just got his one rest. Right, he got his rest, and and um, you know, maybe he you know, I mean, it's not like Pochettino can't look. Three, three to five fixtures ahead, right? Maybe you thought, all right, I'm going to play him in midweek. I'm going to play him at the weekend. I'm going to play him at the, in the Juve match. Um, this is my chance to to, to bench him. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I'd be surprised if he didn't start the next two uh, Premier League fixtures. Um, the other question we got was about Van Lepara. Um, any any thoughts on Van Lepara? He scored, uh, the question here was from uh, Your Old Man. Uh, I assume that's Art Kelly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, hey, Dad. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, 4.8 million midfielder, two goals in his last two matches, and he plays in game week 31. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a fine move. I mean, you've got to play form there. Huddersfield are, you know, for 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 what it's worth, being Huddersfield are in form, and you have an affordable midfielder who could slot in. So it sounds... Looks like yeah. he'll... I mean, are you thinking about fifth mid... Are you thinking about... You know, midfielders for the 31 yet? Has, has it started to enter, creep into your head a little bit? I mean, a cheap midfielder like this could be very useful, right? For if you've got a Ruben Loftus-Cheek on your bench or something like that. No, totally. And, you know, we're, much has been said about how much are you blowing up your team to play, to field a squad in game week 31. And 
I am, you know, I'm very much in the mode of, yeah, every transfer is going for me. It's going toward game weight 31. But, you know, the these players, Kane, De Bruyne, Sterling, uh, De Gea, they're not going anywhere. So I have to make my 31 transfers on the periphery of my team. Mm-hmm. So I still have a team that I could conceivably play in 32. Yeah. And uh, Loftus-Cheek, still on my bench, he's one that moves into a 31 player. So absolutely, these guys like Lapar are the ones I'm targeting. And, you know, I mean, the game that I'm playing is can I stretch to turn Loftus-Cheek into Shakiri? Yeah. And it, it and that all then depends on other moves that I want to make. Jordan Ayu becomes who? I don't mm-hmm. know. And I think I have to make the decision, do I want a 4.8 player as to replace Jordan Ayu, or do I want a 4.8 player to replace Loftus-Cheek? Right, right. And then and then vice versa, I've got somebody around $6 okay. million. So that's what you have to – that's the um, decision. Gotcha. You Maybe you want that Troy Deeney in your squad. Um, all right, so we think Spurs win that match pretty easily. Swansea-West Ham. Uh, I see – I don't think we've talked about this one too long. I see a Swansea clean sheet here. Uh, I think this is uh, – this is a one nil special from Swansea. Nice, kind of the way they've won a few matches at home oh. recently. You know, just steady okay. as she goes, and then and then a goal in the 80th minute, something like that. That is a clean sheet uh, shout from a man who is still sing- stinging from a, a zero from <laughs> Fernandez. That's true, but they've been they've been very good at home with their their five man defense. I, I feel I feel pretty good about that that pick. West Ham specialize in um, a meaningless goal. True. So, uh, and I, fair <laughs> I point. think they will score a meaningless or meaningful goal in this match. Uh, I, I, I think West Ham definitely okay, score. Right. I mean, Arnie's back. He's he's got an eye toward goal all right. the time. Um, Lanzini. Not much has been made yeah. about the fact that Lanzini is back in this lineup, and I think that is a huge West factor. Ham. Like their nickname should be the Pyrrhic victories. Right. This is like <laughs> they always get like one. Yeah, you're right. They always scratch out one goal, you know, after the after the match is already lost. Uh, all right. W- Watford, West Brom. Um, pick Beesh. this one, Brandon. Yeesh. Yeesh indeed. <laughs> well, Higazi is kind of my pet project at the moment. And uh, I don't know. What do you say? <laughs> Watford didn't look great against Everton, yeah. but. I, I think we had to answer some questions about Troy Deeney later on because oh, I, I, I don't I don't think I want to answer that question though. Watford are just uncompelling in every which way, even defensively. Uh, and yeah, they did. They, yeah, they racked up a clean sheet though. Um, I I think you know we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, about strikers for the for game week thirty one later, but. Uh, I think Dini is not a bad option. He's actually in a little bit of goal-scoring form now. Um, he's pretty affordable. So, um, yeah, I mean, Richarlison, though, man, I think he was like a 55-minute sub. Like, it is just not not happening for it's gone. It's, it's it's fallen off a cliff for him, yeah. and uh, he'll be yeah. back next yeah. season. But I think he, he's done for this season. What I will say is um, truly shocked at how bad West Brom have been over the last Yeah, month. they are solidly Just, in 20th. Like, so, like they're like a good, like, three points behind everybody else. Um, you know, it's not... I, mean, we, I think uh, yeah, a, a lot of pundits will have joked for quite a while this season that Huddersfield would be or, or have been the whipping boys of the yeah. league. And it just took Huddersfield visiting... Um, 
West Brom's stadium, the Hawthorns, to uh, and beating them to make me realize, oh, right, West Brom, they're the whipping boys. And they had been for some time. And uh, it pains me to have invested in their defense. Um, yep, uh, fair enough. Well, you got your goal, though. You got your Higazi goal, at least. Uh, yeah, yeah, we were talking about that. I think it in the long run will have earned out. Uh, but <laughs> no one else I'm, is giving a clean sheet anyway. Okay, so, so the, you know, whatever. Yeah, this is my this is my Fernandez for Swansea shout. Um, I'll call it a nil nil draw here. Right. Watford West Brom. All right, so Liverpool Newcastle. All right, we know we know that Mohamed Salah is a fantastic option here. Uh, we know that uh, Firmino, you know, probably a, a decent you know captain choice if you want to be a little bit different. Um, the only question that that I I have is whether Liverpool keep a clean sheet in this game. Uh, do they keep a clean sheet? I mean, they it's a they are as good a shout as any any fixture this week to keep a clean sheet. So and and Van Dyke uh, is also a shout to score a goal in this game too. Okay, so a fifteen pointer from Van Dyke. I like. Yeah, it. it's going to be big. All right, it brings us to uh, Sunday. Uh, first match is Brighton Arsenal. Uh, I got a couple questions here about Brighton Arsenal. First, first one comes from Adam P on the Slack. Uh, he says, "Despite their amazing fixture run, are Arsenal players an option?" He says, "After the cup final, there's not a single player I'd want to buy." And this is from an Arsenal fan. Yeah, yikes. Um, I mean, there was. What can you say about Arsenal? They've historically finished well, uh, which is in their favor. Their fixture run is. Truly spectacular over the next five weeks. If you if you can get past the the game week thirty one blank, right? They play Brighton, Watford, Stoke, and in Southampton. The Watford Stoke they, they have three consecutive home matches in game weeks thirty one, thirty two, and thirty three. Or I'm sorry, thirty, thirty two, and thirty three. Um, a pretty pretty awesome run. So if it's ever going to happen, it's going to happen over the next you know several game weeks. Yeah. Um, I well, understand the- not having any faith though. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. The cool-headed, boring approach is they're going to have to show us something in this Brighton match to get me to invest. That said, if you if you are already invested in Arsenal, whether it's Ramsey or Mickey, or you've you've brought in a Bamiang on a punt, you you have to stick with them. Yeah, but I mean a, another another promoted team that is in good form. And Brighton at home, you know, they're they're generally organized. Yeah, le- Will Arsenal be able to break them down? Yeah, Legamane says, uh, if you're not planning to free hit in game week 31, is Aubameyang still worth a punt? Um, you know, with his amazing fixtures, it could be a great differential. Um, I think that's fair, um, especially if you already have seven or eight players who can play in game week 31. Um, I didn't, you know, I don't think he's done enough to, to make you feel like he's the success. It's kind of like Alexis Sanchez at Man United. You know where it's it's kind of fun to to try it, but there's there's just no reason to think that you know based on what we've seen from uh, Sanchez and and uh, Aubameyang, like you know you know what's going to happen eventually because they're so good, but it doesn't seem like the the right combination of team form or individual form is is there. Um, so I don't know. You know like fixtures are going to yeah. have to save them, but maybe they will. Yeah, the key word from Legomani there is it's a punt. So right. I mean this is. <laughs> You could find yourself in a situation right now where you need to make up some points, and and is a low owned stellar striker on a good yeah. team the, that's in bad form. So that's a punt, and it could pay off. I could see Arsenal uh, licking their seems tough. I could see Arsenal licking their wounds after the Man City match and and winning this match. Um, you know, kind of taking it out on Brighton. 
Um, I think Brighton score in this match. I don't think Arsenal keep a clean sheet. Um, really? Yeah, I, I know. It's shocking, right? Uh, but I think this is like a 3-1 or 4-1 Arsenal win. I think it's, I think they ultimately win pretty handily. I, uh, you know, people are hating on Arsenal's defense, but I think Arsenal is a bankable clean sheet in 29. Okay. Yep. I mean, I just based on Brighton putting four past a pretty decent Swansea defense in, in game week 28, I guess I, I feel like they might be able to get one in, in this fixture too. Uh, Man's, well, decent, decent Swansea defense. Come on. Don't. Mm-hmm. Decent. It's decent. It's been decent okay. the last several game weeks anyway. Okay, uh, moving on. Man City, Chelsea. Interesting match. Chelsea acquitted themselves well against Man United yesterday. Yeah. They played played hard. They, uh, you know, probably a, a draw would have been a fair result. Well, they acquitted themselves well in the first half, and then they I don't think they really showed up for the second half at yeah. all. Uh, yeah. So that that is the concern I have. I mean, they're a little bit like Arsenal in that they kind of pick and choose which matches they show up for. They played a great Champions League tie with Barcelona, which Willian is the player that's really coming, you know, looking good coming out of all of this. The big problem is a lot of people have invested in the Chelsea defense and... You know, you were kind of hopeful that there would be a nil-nil draw against Manchester United in in 28, which didn't come to pass. And now you're finding yourself playing away at the Etihad against Man City. Right. Definitely not a clean sheet for Chelsea, uh, one would assume here. So, uh, no, I I don't like Chelsea at the moment. (laughs) Dump. Uh, All right, yeah, I think think City win this match uh, pretty easily. Um, You know, it'll be, you know, their third fixture and... Well, I don't know. It's an interesting match for Chelsea. I mean, for City. I mean, it'll, there'll be some rotation that'll have to happen. You'd think at some point with all these all these matches. Um, so it'll be you know we'll okay. see if Sterling plays on Thursday. But um, yeah, I don't know. Three you know Cup final and then another possibly difficult away match at Arsenal and then and then home to Chelsea. Um, it'll be interesting test. The one thing I wanted to flag is Hazard in constant like substitutions around the seventy fifth minute and in that very tight game against United. It just says to me there is there is a standing agreement between him and the club that he's out in the summer. Right. Just play him to to boost his transfer value <laughs> as much as possible, but don't let him get hurt. I mean, how do you not leave Hazard? I don't see how you change the tactics to favor Chelsea by taking Hazard off the pitch in the 75th minute in that game. Yeah. There's something going on there mm. and I don't like it. Yeah. All right, final match, uh, Palace host Man United on Monday. Uh, good win for Man United, certainly over Chelsea. Um, and still nothing for Alexis Sanchez, uh, although Luka, Luka, Lukaku finally had a good game. So uh, credit to him. He, he, like, he famously never shows up in big matches, so you got to give him some credit. Uh, yeah, can we, can somebody please mention that uh, he was playing against his former parent club, Chelsea? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it never gets brought up ever. Um <laughs> So, Palace, what do you think? Any chance? Uh, for a laugh, um, go to the FPL statist- statistics page, the statistics tab there, and fire up Crystal Palace. It is insane. You <laughs> could, you, I, I'm moving my window to a point where it's all red flags. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players right in a row in this palace lineup, all with red flags. <laughs> um, there are more guys with red flags than there are 
uh, guys without flags, it seems. So my, my, my quick perusal, it's at but least 50-50. The best part about the FBI statistics sites, though, is that Rob Elliott has been 99.9% to 100% to drop for like 100 consecutive days. Like he is. Oh yeah, we're he has been we're talking de- about two different statistics pages here. Oh, I'm sorry, you're talking oh, about. The, oh, you mean the actual FPL statistics page, right? Yeah, the 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 tab on the FPL site. Right. Uh, Grant, F, yes, FPLstatistics.co.uk has is a whole other fun conversation. Yeah, as wonder, you mentioned. wonderful site. But Rob Elliott has been due to drop his point one the entire <laughs> season. Like starting in game week four, he's been like set to drop. And he still has I hate it. to be the one manager out there who bought Rob Elliott at 4.1. <laughs> right, He's sweating right. it. Yeah, exactly. I feel like most of them, most of us bought Elliott at 4.0. I hope you did. All right. So, uh, uh, but I yeah, Palace, Palace are uh, in really dire straits here. And I think United will take a lot of confidence away from that match. And I wonder if this is uh, a game in which Alexis Sanchez really makes us stop and ponder what we're going to do with him in the double game weeks. Perhaps I, I don't know. I will. I believe it when I see it. Sure. Uh, yeah, we yeah. go back to our conversation about Arsenal, in which they have lots of great players that have shown us nothing in the last month. Uh, so yeah, you could apply the same logic to Alexis Sanchez. I get that. All right, Brendan. Let's take a break, and we'll come back with a lightning fast lightning round. Same old podcast, always shaming. Brandon, we're back, but before we get any further, I want to talk to you about something very near and dear to my heart. And no, it is not the Michigan State basketball program, although we are going to see them on Friday, and I'm very excited. Woo! Yes. Yeah. Uh, the uh, I think we can officially call it the embattled Michigan State program, but that's okay. You know, there have been some issues. There have been some issues. You know, we're gonna see. We're gonna see past it. You know, you can I can hold both both ideas in my head. Um, sure. They're they're good and bad at the same time. Um, no, Brandon, I want to talk to you about starting eleven daily fantasy. And wait, Brandon, maybe you've heard this before. Maybe you've heard us talk about starting eleven before. But have we ever maybe. given away a prize pack? To our listeners? No. No, we've never given anything away on this podcast, I don't think. We've given away some some spots on the pod. That's about it. We're very cheap. What's that that Streets song? A Grand Ain't for Free or something like that? A Grand Don't Come for Free. Yep. Great album. Yeah. So (laughs) it's like that. Yeah. So all you have to do is download the Starting Eleven app and challenge us. And this prize pack includes some a really great swag that Starting Eleven sent us. It's a t-shirt, a beautiful crisp white t-shirt with this um wonderful sort of mint ink on it that has the starting 11 logo nice on it so everyone... i saw this t-shirt yesterday it's a very nice t-shirt yeah they look pretty awesome and on top of that you get a starting 11 sticker a starting 11 magnet so you can put up you know you, i'm sure you have a picture of josh and i that you've printed off of our website alwayscheating.com. Yep. so you can use the magnet to post a picture of josh and me on your refrigerator mm-hmm. And there is a little notebook. So we're entering into the home stretch of the FPL season. I've got a lot of ideas about uh, transfers I need to make, uh, blank game weeks, double game weeks, chips, etc. Right. I need a place to write all this stuff down. Starting 11 is one step ahead of you. These beautiful little sort of Wes Anderson-like field note uh, uh, yeah, you see a lot, so. a lot of people on Twitter. They'll share like, "Oh, these are my these are my transfers and thoughts over the next four game weeks." And it's these always these, these little notebooks that are filled with notes and team formations and stuff like that. So now you can be one of those people. (laughs) 
So that's a real prize pack. That's a T-shirt. That's a magnet. That's a sticker. That's a notebook. And also you're having fun playing Starting Eleven, which as we, we've mentioned so many times, this is the newest daily fantasy app for the Premier League in which you can play any day in which there are two or more yep. matches being played. There's no budget for your team. You can make live in-game substitutions, which is all things that you can't do with the regular FPL game. This is a way for you to expand your horizons and have a little more fun uh, watching the league. So you can play any day, but specifically this Saturday, challenge Brandon and I. You can challenge either me or Brandon. And the top goal, the top point earner, so just in terms of the, the number of total points that your team scores, uh, the top point earner will win this prize pack. We'll mail it anywhere in the world. Uh, despite what this may cost us, but we'll be out anywhere in the world. Um, and uh, you can challenge us on uh, uh, on Twitter or on Facebook or email um, or even go to our website and leave a message. Um, any way you want to get in touch with us. Um, what is that email, Josh? The email is hailcheaters at gmail.com. And otherwise, you can just direct message us on, on social media. Um, all we need is your email address, and we can actually take care of the challenge. We'll just challenge you through the email. And you just need to go to... Um, uh, go to your your app store and download the app, and uh, and that's it. How about this? Just you're listening to the podcast. Just pause it real quick. Go to your app store, download Starting Eleven, and send us your email right now. Then you're done. You don't have to think about it anymore. Then we'll challenge you, and you'll figure out the rest. So you just want to be involved in this prize pack situation. That's right, exactly. And if you want to learn more, visit startingeleven.io. Wait, so the prize pack is for Saturday? Yeah, it's for Saturday. Am I clear on that? Yes, Saturday. Okay, Saturday. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Josh, it's the lightning round. As you know, 30 seconds or less with the 100% correct answer. And if we take two to five minutes to answer these, it still counts. First (laughs) question comes from Jeff Petter. Uh, He says, interested to get your thoughts on a 32 versus 33 uh, game week wild card for those who still have it. Most people I've spoken to, this is Jeff talking, uh, are saying game week 32 is when you play the wild card. But that week has Chelsea v. Tottenham plus some good fixtures for the teams playing in 31. So 33 seems better to me. Uh, Josh, you've already played your wild card and you've done it efficiently and effectively. I'll give you credit for that. Um, so I don't know if you have any thoughts here for Jeff or should I just take this one because I still have my wild card. Go for it. The perfect wild card would be to play into a bench boost in which you're fielding 15 double game weekers who are all going to start both of their matches in that double game week. And the best odds for you to do that is to wild card as close to the double game week as possible when you have the most information, the most, be they information about injuries or form, or starting lineups and all of that. So there's, there's not a lot of science here for, for me. But I'm saying play the wild card in game week 33. Um, as someone who's already played a wild card, I am definitely leaning towards a, uh, a game week 34 um, uh, free hit chip now. Um, that does seem like the best use of, of my transfers and allows me to, to really focus on the fixtures that come after game week 34 um, and all the transfers that I make um, you know, going into 32 and 33. Um, and... Uh, and really take advantage of some of some players that you might want might not want to do if you're wild carding because you've got to think about the fixtures that come afterwards. So, um, yeah. if, you, if you want to read more about this, uh, I feel like we brought it up in every single podcast. But uh, Ben Crellin has a lot of uh, uh, really good um, 
uh, sort of tweets and he does. posts about posts about this. All right, Rob Butler says uh, I'm 60 points behind in my main mini league. I need a differential that's about to go on a monster scoring run. Suggestions. Rob, I've got just the player for you. He's going to go on a monster scoring run. No questions about it. <laughs> I can't answer this question. Rob, <laughs> you're asking the impossible here. I, I really thought you had an answer. I was like, I was waiting for, for your, your answer. We t- we talked about two already, right? I mean, you you know, uh, I think uh, Aubameyang is, is a, a definite option here, right? They've got four... Uh, really good fixtures, and if you can if you can handle benching him in game week thirty one, then um, I think he's a really uh, interesting option there. I, you know, the problem is if you play him, you kind of have to go with a three man a three man forward line, right? Because you kind of I feel like you need either Firmino or Aguero, and Kane to me seems essential. So you're playing a, a very top heavy lineup, but um, you know it might be worth it anyway. I mean, there's no there's yeah, no third striker they, that's really that's that's really delivering. So you know, it's not a bad option. Yeah. Well, we talked about him earlier. Uh, Sadio Mane may be the one because if you're looking to make up points, you have a you have a proven goal scorer historically who is not blanking, and you you're gonna need if you're looking to make up ground, you're gonna need to post as many points as possible in game week 31. I think. I mean, certainly not at the expense of forthcoming game weeks okay but uh Mane seems as good as pick as any yeah I like I like Mane as an option there um you know I think Alexis you know definite option too I mean really you just have to wait until the double game weeks that that's you know so let's let's let's, let's shelve this question for a couple weeks and you, know, you can, yeah, you that's can a definitely good point. make up those points with with the right use of a chip and the right double game week teams I think you could definitely make up 60 points um all right so we've got some of the game week 31 questions here um Mark says, uh, is game week 31 a big fat trap filled with zero attacking returns? Uh, this is an easy answer, Brennan, which is uh, most likely. Yes. Yeah, most likely. Uh, it's, uh, the magic eight ball says probably. Uh, J- uh, Just Gabriel says, please discuss potential game week 31 strikers. Uh, some new ones seem to be popping now. Uh, thanks. And uh, there actually are a couple. Um, I think that uh, Mounier, uh, two goals and two assists in his last two matches. Uh, very affordable at 5.7 million. I think that he's one that Brendan, I, I think you would probably be looking at for, for a possible IO replacement for game week 31. Yeah, for sure. So these are all, these all guys that you're going to mention are, are on the list. And I, I think they are viable. I mean, Mounier was, um, you know, he, he does have an issue with guaranteed starts because they have a few options with Departra and, and, a few different formations that they might choose to play. That's the only flag I would raise for him. If, if I knew he was locked in, if he was nailed on to start, then I, then I would unreservedly recommend Mounier. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, there's Benteke and, and Sorlot. Uh, Sorlot would be, you know, Sorlot, Sorlot, Sir Mick Sorlot. Excuse me. Yes. We love Sorlot. He's the patron saint of the podcast, but, uh, as a fantasy option, maybe a bit of a punt here. Uh, Benteke, you know, I don't think either of us can, you know, recommend Benteke. He's, he's too expensive at 7.6 million. Uh, I'm, I'm just surprised that he's blown has... away by the fact that Benteke has scored only two goals this season. It's two. amazing. I, I'm blown away with that he has five assists in his last seven matches. It's a lot of assists. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those are, are penalties won for, for, um, Milovojevic, but still, it seems like a lot of, a lot of assists. 
Yeah, they they aren't like back heels to uh, Andres Townsend to to score worldies or anything like <laughs> right. that. It's not like he has great chemistry not, with his it's team. Not Roberto Firmino, uh, no. Troy Deeney uh, with two goals and three. Uh, he started the last five, and that was my concern about him was whether he'd be, you know, a consistent starter. But it seems like he has kind of outmaneuvered Andre Gray for that starting spot. So six point three million. I wish it was a little bit cheaper, but um, he might not be a bad option. Yeah, I mean, the I could just throw out some other obvious picks like Omar Nias, who looks like he he probably is nailed on for that striker position, and you know, he's playing against the Stoke defense is not all bad yeah. in game week thirty one for him. Uh, very big punts, but Jay Rodriguez for West Brom away to Bournemouth. Bournemouth can't keep a clean sheet to save their life, but I mean, let's be real here. We're talking about. West Brom, but Rodriguez, if you can only go as high as 5.5 million, he, he is a class goal scorer when, you know, sure. When, when it goes his yeah. way. Uh, final, final game week 31 question. Uh, uh, FPL Joe says, apart from Liverpool, is there anyone actually worth investing in for game week 31? Uh, Brendan, I'll make this one harder for you. Uh, apart from Liverpool and Shakiri, is there anyone worth investing in? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I still stand by what I said, I think, last week, that Shakiri is probably most likely the most likely troll job for Game Week 31. Yeah. He's in stellar form, don't get me wrong, but um, that's someone I'll flag. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. I, mean, I really this, don't. It's like the one time we can recommend just some have to, field players, so that that's kind of fun. Like, I would like to have Aaron yeah. Moy for, I don't know if I'll actually end up having him, but it'd be... That would be fun. If I had Aaron Moy, I'd be kind of excited about Game Week 31. Just, I just like Yeah, him. and I think that's good advice. I think 31 is just a week to kind of have fun with it. As, I, as I've been saying, just play on the edges of your team. Don't, don't blow up your team at all. But, yeah, if you can afford a punt on Huddersfield or Bournemouth, go for it. Yeah. Lewis, Lewis Cook, he's 4.3. I've been looking at 4.3 guys that, that – can really free up some space up top for me for Jordan Ayew and right. um, Lewis Cook and Mark, uh, James MacArthur at Palace, both at four point three, getting consistent ninety-minute games. Uh, those are you know really sad targets that I have right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean the first thing about Shakiri too is you know they play City, Man City in game week thirty, Arsenal in game week thirty-two, and Spurs in game week thirty-three. So. If you're bringing in Shakiri, he's really a one-week punt. You know, you really just want him for that yeah. Everton match. I mean, it's not like he's it's not like he's suddenly fixture proof. Um, you know, whereas Bournemouth and uh, and Huddersfield both have uh, better fixtures in the weeks to follow Game Week 31. So, um, all right, that, enough about Game Week 31. Uh, two last questions here. Uh, first one comes from Little Jason. It says uh, only two clean sheets this week. Is it time to go dirt cheap at the back and throw everything at exciting midfield and forward differentials? Yeah, I feel like this question comes up uh, more and more recently. And yeah, 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 sure. I don't see any premium defender that's firing, not even, you know, the likes of Odomendi or the um, Manchester United defenders. Phil Jones is still out injured. Now Bailly is back throwing another monkey wrench into into that lineup uh, rotation. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's... uh, 
it's a move toward investing up front. We're getting more goals than we are clean sheets. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing I'll say is, um, you know, this has happened, I, I feel like, a lot, you know, right out of the international breaks where teams are just exhausted and, you know, the, the teams kind of hit the wall a little bit. But then there's this kind of this final stretch where, you know, certain teams start playing for, it's kind of like Leicester the year before they won the league where they were like, all right, we're going to stay out by never, by like not conceding another goal, you know, and they kept like, you know, five clean sheets and six or something like that in order to, Stay up, um, and I, you know I, I do think that you know maybe a team like Swansea could could really be a great defensive option in a few weeks. Um, but by that token, I mean you know if if you're just you know going dirt cheap at the back, you'd be looking at those at those players at the bottom of the league anyway, right? Because um, yeah, you got to feel right. somebody. So um, yeah, well maybe, there are there. There are some diamonds in the rough, like uh, Robertson at Liverpool, who we've talked about before, mm-hmm. and Klopp came out uh, at some presser this week saying that Robertson's got that spot locked down, and, you know, Champions League with, uh, notwithstanding. But yep. he's yep. at 4.8. It's a top four club. Great player. Um, FPL Owlbear says, um, it's the last question, Brandon. Um, it's a good one. If you could have one player from 10 to 15 years ago rejoin in their prime, and have them in your squad, who would you get? <laughs> uh, I was thinking about this question when we were preparing for the pod, and there were two players that came to mind who um, I felt I kind of missed out on in the FPL game, but then upon further reflection I realized both of these players either came out of retirement or came back to the league when we were playing FPL. So mm-hmm. first one would be uh, Paul Scholes, who... Of course, he is like a direct um, – he could be uh, Kevin De Bruyne's dad. Uh-huh. Like, they're both um, strong midfielders with red hair. So I, it seems I have an affinity with utility men in the midfield with the penchant for sco- scoring worldies. <laughs> Loves Paul Scholes. And he did come – he came out of retirement for Ferguson in his last season, I think it was, or was it the season before? Um, the other one is Thierry Henry. Uh, he just um, – a great goal scorer and, uh, you know, just a, a good guy. Mm-hmm. And you remember when he was still playing for uh, Red Bulls in New Jersey and yeah. Arsenal took him on loan and he, he ended up scoring a goal for them. Oh, a couple point. goals, I think. He had a big goal against Leighton Orient in the FA Cup. Um, after, he already had a statue up, too. I'll throw Brian McBride in the mix. Great Fulham legend, uh, member of the greatest escape team and probably my favorite player of all time good uh, the player that i was thinking of was um or actually maybe two players um it would have been fun to have i'm not even a chelsea fan but in your prime uh didier drogba and frank lampard i think would have been a lot of fun um you know i think frank lampard has one of the highest scoring midfield seasons in fpl ever i think i remember people talking about that before he was just you know massive goal scorer great penalty taker uh, Didier Drogba is just a you know super fun player to watch, but you know by the time you and I were actually playing the FPL game, you know I guess we started in 2010 um, or 2011 maybe. Um, they were already kind 2011. of 2011, yeah, on the downside. So uh, those are, I think those would have been fun players to to have. Some good picks, Josh. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's open this up on on Twitter though. If you have any uh, any thoughts on on players from 10 or 15 years ago that you wish you. Uh, you know, you could currently feel in your FPL team. Let us know. 
So apparently the rule is they have to at least have been active sometime in in the knots. Yeah, I th- to be eligible, I th- you can't go back like to the to the early nineties. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be between two thousand and two thousand ten. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Let's see what you got, guys. There on at uh, Hell Cheaters on Twitter. All right. Let's sign off, Josh. But it, it does feel slightly premature because Game Week twenty eight isn't wrapped yet. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll see you online on Thursday. Hopefully the weather does not. Um, prevent the city arsenal from happening yeah i i agree i need that about that, that i need some points from katie i need that mkhitaryan assist i almost called him bombing uh brandon people can find the podcast in lots of ways why don't you tell them about those ways sure absolutely support the podcast we're talking about our special ask us anything podcast that's still available um you get a whole backlog of our our patreon exclusive sure. podcasts ken rooney richard orford peter blake yes yeah, so, the the greatest minds of FPL hear their voices and 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 their uh, their big brains on our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash always cheating uh, for just a small price of supporting our modest little podcast. You can get access to that cool stuff. Also, subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on SoundCloud, Twitter, Facebook, and Josh. If you zoned out there for a moment, <laughs> just go to alwayscheating.com. All that information is right there at your fingertips. Yeah, it's like you were in my brain for a second there. Um, all right, Brandon. It was nice talking to you. I wish you the worst of luck this Thursday. Um, and uh, I wish you good lose. Yeah, and I'll, and I, but I wish you decent luck on Saturday. How about that? Oh, it all yeah, evens it does, out then. Doesn't it? So I'll, get, I'll have two 50-point game weeks coming exactly, up. Exactly, exactly. One I'll feel good about and one I'll feel bad about. You know, those 50-pointers. They could wash one way yeah, or the exactly. other. It kind of evens out. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, good luck. And, and challenge us in starting 11 this weekend. We'll be, uh, we've, we've made ourselves fully available. Yeah, prize pack time. Let's do it. All right, hail Poku. Hail Lord Sorlock. Oh!